Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast. On the show, our team of industry experts interviews contingency fee attorneys. You will discover everything from how they got started to the secrets of their success and what's working in today's marketplace. And now, here's the Case Closed Podcast. Welcome to the Case Closed Podcast. I'm your guest host, Michael Clannon. And today we are joined with Tim Simmelroth in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. How are you doing, Tim? Great. Excited to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. So just a little about you. Um, So you were the first attorney in Iowa who was board certified by the National Board of Trial Advocacy, NBTA, and Trucking Accident Law. Uh, He is currently in the Board of Regents for the Academy of Truck Accident Attorneys, ATAA, serves on the faculty for the STEAM Trial Lawyers College, and often speaks at seminars and conventions about trucking accident law. So my first question for you is, how did you get into truck accident law? Well, I've been practicing personal injury law my entire career, so 26 years, but uh, the the first big trial that I had was about uh, 20 years ago, and it involved a uh, a gentleman from here in the Cedar Rapids area who was uh, struck by a semi as as the uh, when the semi ran a stop sign in Benton County, and so we went to trial in that case, and that's when I first realized how different a truck wreck case is from a uh, normal car accident crash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what was it like to be the first attorney in Iowa to be board certified by the NBTA in trucking accident law? Well, it meant that I had to go through a pretty extensive uh, application process. I had to list all of the uh, truck crash cases that I've handled over the years. I had to give references from lawyers who I had cases against, from judges who I've appeared in front of. Uh, And then that all culminated in a two-day examination. And uh, during that examination, uh, I was tested not just on law and procedure, but also on the trucking industry. And so I was asked questions about uh, technical issues like the type of engines that uh, that some tractor trailers have to the laws that govern driving a commercial motor vehicle in the state of Iowa. And most of those are contained in the federal motor carrier safety regulations. And you had no prior knowledge about the trucking industry, I'm guessing. I've learned it all as a lawyer. So it's come through cases. And then uh, a few years ago, I went to a truck driving school in Montana. And so I've actually driven a semi. I've 
backed it up. I tell people that obviously I wasn't that uh, great at it because uh, nobody offered me a job while I was there. Uh, but I've learned a lot about you know the responsibility that goes with driving a semi truck, and that definitely helps me when I'm representing my clients in these cases. Right. It's important that you've sat in their seat literally and kind of know what kind of knowledge they had and, you know, circumstances and that, even though you probably weren't on the highway and all that. Right. Right. No, it was uh, that personal connection with your clients. Absolutely. And and I have a lot of respect for I'm, driving truck is a very difficult job. And in a lot of ways, uh, a truck driver can be set up to fail if a company tries to make he or she drive too many hours or doesn't give them proper equipment or ask them to do a route that really can't be done in that amount of time. And so what I've found over the years is that uh, most truck wrecks occur not because a driver necessarily did something wrong on their own, but because of other factors in the, the transportation cycle that set them up to fail. Right, right. So kind of give me an idea. I mean, you were the first in the state of Iowa, but how many how many other attorneys like you are there across the country or even in Iowa? Well, I'm still the only uh, attorney who's board certified in, in truck accident law in the state of Iowa. Like I said, it's it's uh, it, it requires a lot of experience that you have to document. It requires going through the testing. And the reality is, is that uh, most lawyers, once they take the bar exam, uh, you know, which they do at the start of their career, mm-hmm. uh, they're not really interested in sitting down and taking a test of that magnitude. But in answer to the first part of your question, I believe right now there are about uh, somewhere between 50 and 60 lawyers in the United States who are board certified in truck accident law. Okay. All right. So very exclusive. Yes. And, and I, I know all of them. You know, we, we attend the same meetings. Uh, we get asked to speak at the same conferences. And so that's very helpful because collectively, we are able to uh, share a lot of information that we learn from our cases, share insights with each other about how to better represent our clients. And so uh, the Academy of Truck Accident uh, Attorneys is uh, a group that I'm very proud to be a part of, very proud to be a part of their Board of Regents, and I think they do really good work. Wow. Okay. Um, So what are some of the most interesting cases that you've taken on? Well, they all are interesting in the sense that uh, my clients are all private individuals. Uh, They are affected in different ways after a crash, you know, whether it is, uh, so sometimes you're learning medicine because of the nature of their injuries, and you've got to be able to explain that to a jury. Uh, Sometimes it is learning about their jobs. I've represented people over the past 26 years from all walks of life. and, And in order to ask the jury for compensation for how their their uh, career has been affected, I need to know something about their career. So oftentimes I'm interviewing uh, their supervisors, their coworkers, and I've learned uh, everything from uh, working as a engineer at a water treatment plant 
to uh, representing a, a sound engineer for a major country music singer. And so in all of those cases, to really represent my clients, I need to to know uh, what their life was like before and how it's been changed because of these crashes. Right. What's that one case that you, it just sticks with you? You're asking me to, uh, you know, it'd be like picking between my kids. No, I mean, well, yeah, exactly. The, I'm telling you, pick a kid. No. <laughs> the reality is, is that uh, any case of mine that has gone to trial meant, has meant that I've spent mm-hmm. years getting to know my clients and uh, learning what they've been through. And and so, you know, communicating that with the jury. So it's really, it's hard for me to to pick just one uh, over the years, but yeah. I've I've represented people who, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, think of as uh, as heroes, the way that they've uh, battled back after an injury and tried to uh, create the best life that they can for themselves, despite what they've been through. Mm-hmm. Do you have a case that was very challenging? I mean, not that all cases aren't challenging, but is there something, one that just you thought you knew which how it was going to go, but it didn't go the way you wanted it? Oh, sure. I mean, uh, the reality is, is that uh, if a case is a sure thing in my line of work, uh, the trucking company will usually settle. Mm-hmm. And so any case that you take to trial means that uh, they think that they might have a chance to win. And ultimately, we're putting on our case, they're putting on their case, and and eight citizens, you know, from Iowa are deciding, uh, you know, who's right and who's wrong. And so, definitely, I've had, uh, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and claim that I've won every trial I've ever had. That would be a mistake. I, In fact, you know, 26 years ago, I lost my the very first case I ever tried. Uh, it wasn't a trucking case, but uh, you know, I, I can tell you uh, everything about that case. I, mm-hmm. I never. It's probably harder for me to forget my losses uh, than it is to try to remember all my wins. Right, right, definitely. So, what was your uh, childhood look like? I mean, did you grow up in the Cedar Rapids area? I did. I did. Uh, my dad worked in a factory here in Cedar Rapids. My mom was a home economics teacher. I had never met a lawyer until I was in uh, misdrafting social studies class at uh, St. Pius uh, Elementary School. And he said that there was this new activity that the Bar Association was starting. This is over 40 years ago uh, called uh, Mock Trial. And they brought in lawyers and the deal was, uh, Mr. Efting said, uh, if you tried out for this activity, you would get a day off school. And that's all I needed to hear. I signed up and uh, that's the first, first time I ever knew anything about uh, the legal system. And uh, I was hooked and I've wanted to be a lawyer ever since. Thank you. That was an elementary teacher? Uh, middle school. Okay, middle school. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. What's the biggest adversity that you've had to overcome? Hmm. You know, I'm pretty lucky uh, in the sense that, you know, I I realized what I wanted to do with my life when I was in middle school. I met my my wife uh, first day of high school. You know, I've got uh, three healthy kids. Uh, I always tell people that uh, I, I was lucky because, you know, I, I was born, you know, in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa to 
two parents who who uh, really did their best to to give a good life to my my siblings and myself. So I mean, I've had tough times in cases. You know, I've lost cases that I thought I should have won, or uh, you know, I've had to work hard to in my job. But compared to the people I represent, I. I hate to talk about any adversity because, you know, I represent people who've, uh, you know, if they're calling me, uh, they've just gone through the worst thing that they've, that's ever happened in their life, probably. And so mainly the work that I do makes me feel grateful for, you know, the good health that that I have and that my family has. And uh, I just hope that, you know, if something terrible happens to me, I'll be able to handle it with the grace that that my clients do. Right. What's the best advice that you've ever gotten? Wow. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a deep. That's a deep. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have to be anything related to your profession, right? I mean, it could be anything. Sure. Let's see. I'm. You've stumped me here because I've gotten a lot of good advice. I've had a lot of good mentors right. over the right. year. And I think from a professional standpoint, it is... Uh, Never write anything that you wouldn't want to appear on the front page of the paper. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes uh, tempers can get heated during litigation or during a trial, and it's natural to want to lash out or show your anger. And I'm lucky uh, both my parents are still living, and I try to live my life in such a way that uh if there's ever an article about me in the Cedar Rapids Gazette and my parents read it, uh, they're not going to, they're not going to be embarrassed. Right. <laughs> well, that's a good, that's a good philosophy to live by anyway, you know, what do you um, attribute your success to? Well, as I said, most of it is luck. You know, it's lucky to be born to the, into the family that I was born into Luckily, you know, I was in the right social studies class, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in middle school. Uh, I was lucky that uh, my I ran into my wife the first day of high school in social study or in uh, study hall. You know, my my kids will tell you they they think I work uh, too much, uh, too hard, but I always you know remind them that I I get to spend most of my days working in air conditioning or in a heated building. And you know, my dad worked for over forty years in a factory, and and when uh, when the factory ultimately closed, I asked him. I said, "Well, if it hadn't closed, would you have uh, stayed working there?" And he said, "You know, I don't know that I could have taken one more winter, you know, working in that factory." And so it's probably good. And so I'm just really lucky, and I I found a job that that I love to do, and that you know it's challenging and and interesting, and I get to meet you know, great people. And so I really, that's uh, luck is probably the biggest factor right. in where <laughs> I am today. Um, is there anything um, that drives you crazy about your business? Oh, sure. I mean, anybody who's ever had to make an insurance claim knows that dealing with insurance companies can, can be challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, in a sense, you know, that's what I'm, I'm doing most days, you know, whether, uh, whether I'm talking to my client's health insurance company or their auto insurance company, trying to get certain things covered, uh, whether it's talking to the insurance company for the trucking company, 
they are you know one of the largest industries in the world because they're very good at holding on to their money and uh, in order to get a claim paid out you know you have to jump through a lot of hoops and so uh, you know there are some days where that's really frustrating but like I said it's still easier than digging ditches right right definitely what do you know now that you wish you would have known 26 years ago hmm well, I wish that I would have kept a better list of all the people that I've represented over the years. Because my business is a competitive business, you know, when something terrible happens, people, you know, nobody goes shopping for a personal injury lawyer, for a truck wreck lawyer mm-hmm. when they're not in crisis. And so a lot of times, you know, if they don't know a lawyer that they trust, uh, they are, uh, you know, going on the internet, you know, maybe they're, you know, they see something on TV. And the reality is, is that I think the people who uh, can judge me best as a lawyer are the clients that I've represented over the years. And, you know, during the first 10 years of my practice, I would close a case and, uh, you know, we'd shake hands as 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 friends, and and then maybe I I wouldn't see him again. And I realized that that those are the people that that know me best, uh, know what kind of lawyer I I am. And you know, I wish I would have uh, I wish I would have done a better job of staying in touch with them. You know, uh, sure. send them a you know send them a Christmas card. Uh, you know, send them birthday cards. You know, just uh, let them know that that I'm still around and still helping people like I help them and. Because my best cases don't come from somebody who, who just sees my my uh, website for the first time or sees something on TV. My best cases are referrals from people who I've I've represented before. And that was my next question: is how do you find your clients, or how do the clients find you? And it sounds like a lot of it is referral based. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is a a bad uh, truck crash is potentially a, a very big claim. And uh, and so people, you know, recognize that. And so if they know a lawyer, they're going to talk to a lawyer. So I get about 25% of my cases from other lawyers because I specialize in this right. thing and they know right. I specialize in it. And then, uh, you know, probably another 40% of my cases come from people who have been given my name by somebody who who I've represented in the past or or you know is familiar with my firm for one reason or another. It's really only uh what does that leave? 35%? 35% of the people who you know go on the internet and look us up or uh you know see something on TV uh or something like that. And so about a third, you know, 35% or so come from the general public who's doing research in one way or another. Uh, but the the majority of the people who I represent have been recommended uh, by other lawyers or by past clients. Right. How do you um, help the next generation of attorneys? Because you're not always going to be here. Right, right. Well, we keep hiring more lawyers for our firm. Uh, by September, we'll have uh, 15 lawyers in our firm. We currently have offices in Cedar Rapids and Des Moines. We're opening an office before the end of the year in Dubuque. And obviously, the lawyers that, that we're hiring 
you know, are younger. And so we try to do our best to mentor them. But remember how I said the the reason that uh, I realized I wanted to be a lawyer was because of an activity called mock trial. Well, yeah. I still coach with that teacher who introduced me to mock trial, you know, almost mm-hmm. 40 years ago. I still coach middle school with him. Uh, I still coach high school mock trial. And I've been I've been doing that ever since I got out of law school. So I have uh, over the years probably 20 former high school students and over 40 uh, middle school students who've gone on to law school. And it's uh, I've been lucky enough now that that my own kids I've had a chance to coach them. And so I try to you know pass on at least the the professionalism and and sure. you know and the public speaking and the critical thinking skills uh to to middle school and high school kids through the the mock trial program so do are any of your kids going into the same business not as of yet, <laughs> not uh, yet. okay as i mentioned to you if you would ask them what do you think about doing what dad does, they would say he works way too hard. That's exactly why. Yeah. So nobody is nobody has applied to law school yet. Who knows? There are three of them, and there's there's still time. But you know, I I can't hide the fact that I work really hard, uh, particularly from people who live with me, and so they probably have a pretty good inside uh, inside view into uh, how hard you have to work in this business. Right. Well, hey Tim, before we uh, close off the podcast, can you tell our listeners, um, how did they find you? Well, uh, the best way is through our website. Uh, The URL is fightingforfairness.com. My law firm's name is RSH Legal. And uh, we, like I said, we represent people all over Iowa in injury and disability and employment law cases. And if you go to the website, we we give out all sorts of uh, free information. Uh, we send out free guides for almost every type of law that we practice, and people can call or uh, fill out a form on fightingforfairness.com, and they'll hear back from us, and we'll let them know what kind of assistance we can provide. That's great. Is there anything you want our listeners to know that you haven't shared with us? Well, I thought you might ask me this. The biggest mistake that I see people making is they think that a truck accident case is just a big car accident case. And so maybe they've heard that a lawyer uh, did a good job handling a car accident case for a neighbor or a family member. And so they say, well, you know, it, it happened on the road. So this person ought to be able to help me. And I speak all around the country. And the most popular topic that these conferences have me speak on is called uh, the eight ways to wreck your truck accident case. And it's all about teaching lawyers how you have to handle truck crash cases differently than car accident cases. And so all I would have to say is that... uh, you know, if somebody ever thinks they need to talk to a truck accident lawyer, make sure that you're actually talking to, you know, a board certified truck accident lawyer. Don't just uh, go to the uh, the guy who helped out your neighbor because that that person probably doesn't have the the training or experience to do right by you. 
Great. Well, Tim Simmelroth with RSH Legal, thank you for taking the afternoon to have this discussion. Um, this is Michael Clannon for the Case Closed podcast. Thank you for joining us today and look forward to you on the next podcast. Well, thanks. This was a great time and I, I look forward to hearing you interview somebody next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and their insight. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Case Closed, the Contingency Fee Podcast is led by industry experts who unlock insights from the nation's top contingency fee attorneys. Each week on the show, the guests share how they got started, secrets of their success, and what's working in today's marketplace. Guests on the Case Closed Podcast include successful contingency fee attorneys that will share their secrets so you can close more cases. Tune in each week for a dynamic conversation about winning legal strategies that will grow your business. 